is fitting for this hour. Um, I was telling some earlier, uh, as I listened to it, it took me into a place of prayer. And the Spirit of the Lord was accomplishing some things, I'm certain. Uh, I'm trying not to give any spoilers for those of you that haven't listened to it, but uh, I began... And I often will call your names and the names of your family in prayer. But some of the things talked about were quickened in my spirit. And I felt like the Holy Ghost began to pray and come against specific things. I was calling every family name in this room by the power of the Lord. Not, I'm not saying, oh, look at what I was doing. Please don't misunderstand me. The Spirit of the Lord took me into that place. And I was... I knew it was the Lord because I was remembering maiden names of people. I really was. I was remembering maiden names of people, and I was calling those names out where I knew them. I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm covering all of it. And uh, the Spirit of the Lord is alive and well. And He is working in the earth through whoever will allow him to work. But there is a call to, as you know, we've talked about a little bit, there is a call to self-abandonment to the will of God, to where his desire for us takes precedent over everything else in life. That's the beckoning of the Spirit of God in this hour. Um a laying down of my life in order to find it. Can I give you a real example of that in, an, in just an honest, transparent way? So, Because we're all human, right? You can be seated. You know, the danger of teaching something is you then oftentimes get put in a place where you get to live it. Right. Sometimes you teach it and you've lived it. Sometimes you teach it and then you have to live it. All right. It, it, I know sometimes we can think the person teaching or speaking, oh, they've got it all figured out. Well, if you've been around any length of time, you know that's not true about me. I'm figuring it out. And we're walking this road together. We're going by the grace of God from glory to glory, from faith to faith. And until we all come in the fullness and the stature of Christ. But uh, we, were, we were having Bible study in our home Tuesday night. Uh, the group that the Santos lead uh, came to our home Tuesday night. And, um, and yet, how many of you know things don't always go according to plan? Yeah. How many of you like things to go according to plan? I know some of you in the room. I'm not looking because I know some of you are like, I want my schedule and I want it a week and a half ahead and I don't want it to break. I want to stay on my schedule. Uh, and we need the right? We need that. We need those type of people to keep us balanced. I, I'm really that way. <laughs> Most of you know that. I'm, right. um, and uh, so we started, had some food. It was good, but. Rightfully so, we were waiting on some others to show up that we knew were coming. And uh, 
one that was probably bringing a guest, and uh, it went on. And it, well, I think we started what quarter to eight, maybe something like that. And uh, we drug out eating food as long as we could drag it out. And, and uh, but uh, now here's the way it works. There is the will of God and the work of God. It doesn't always fit our schedule. And then there is our schedule. And we really want God to fit in our schedule. Okay, remember I told you I'm just being human here and being honest with you. I'm as human as you are. And so I'm hoping my humanity can help you. And so I know... I have to be on the road at 3.30 Wednesday morning. And I'm thinking about that, right, my schedule. And so now I'm not thinking about that like, come on, Brother Azario, come on, Sister Priscilla, let's wrap this up. I got, I, I, honestly, I, would, I hope it didn't go. I wasn't thinking that way. Uh, but as I'm sitting there and they're teaching the word, each of them are taking time teaching the word and different ones are reading. I'm having to fight that in my mind. You with me? I'm having to fight. What I'm fighting is being engaged where I am with what God is doing versus being distracted by what's on my mind and the schedule that's ahead and thinking about self. I go to bed at 9.30 at night. All wise people are in bed by that time, generally speaking. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So my grandfather always told me early to bed, early to rise makes one healthy, wealthy, and wise. And so, um, but I'm working on the healthy part, and the rest we still got to see. But um, So anyway, I'm, I'm battling through that, and in battling through I'm seeking to, and again, we have to do this. I'm wanting to be in tune with what the Spirit of the Lord is doing with people that are there. We're opening the Word and receiving the Word together. But this is how your schedule will work against you sometimes. You won't be engaged because your mind is... And I'm trying to be engaged. And, and I promise you, you'll get a text telling you, and then you'll start thinking about that text, and okay, i got to go. This is what happens that will distract us. Now, uh, the Lord ministered there. The Lord spoke to me different things the whole time Brother Zario was teaching, walking through Scripture. Some things you might hear about. I made notes where the Lord just started revealing stuff and talking to me from the Word. And Sister Priscilla ministered, and the Lord was talking to people. And I had a simple thought. I know you'll find this hard to believe, but I took two to three minutes and I was done. Is that the truth? See, I have witnesses. And, uh, but the guest that was there, she began to weep. Because one of the things said at the last little bit spoke to exactly where her life circumstance was and what she was going through. And revealed something to her that she began to step into repentance. 
now it did not fit my schedule. By this time, I think it's 9.30. You do the math. I got to be on the road at 3.30. It's now, there's only six hours, and I'm not in bed yet. And so, I'm not complaining, you understand, at all. I mean that with all of my heart. I'm helping you understand what sometimes you have to wrestle through that's not convenient for your and my flesh. There is a call of God in this hour to a denying of self. And I just gave you, again, I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm very, I had to do my, I was constantly trying to deny myself through that to stay focused. I'm just trying to give you a real example of what that might look like sometimes. Okay? So that we recognize, look, Brother Joey's getting ready to come. Um, but why don't you come on up here, Brother Joey, right there. That way I'll know to hurry up and turn it over to you. The Lord is wanting to engage you and I with people. The Lord wants to. He wants to engage you and I as spirit-filled believers with people. We are the body of Christ in the earth. Christ sought to engage with people when he walked the earth. Yes, he went and taught in their synagogues, the scripture says. But he engaged with people, the woman at the well in Sychar. He engaged with people outside of the synagogue. Yes, he engaged in He was in a house and people filled it and somebody wanted to get to him. So they ripped the roof off of the house to get somebody to him. He engaged with people. And if you and I are filled with the Spirit of the Lord, He wants to engage with people. And here's the thing about it. He will order it. He will orchestrate it. You don't have to produce it. You don't have to produce it. You don't have to go, okay, i got to make this happen. No, there's a sensitivity and an awareness, and God will divinely direct your steps and if you've been fellowshipping him and in communion with him, these engagements will come. Now, I'm going to give you some examples. If you were in the 11 o'clock service on Sunday, you heard some of these. But I need, it, it's like, I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like the Lord is just ye like yelling at me. I don't mean yelling at me like when my kids were little and I had to try to get their attention yell at them. I mean like, he's like going, like being very loud. He wants to make sure I'm hearing what he's declaring. Okay? I had told you all about beginning to pray for my neighbors. I was just calling their names after I repented for not calling their names sooner. Engagement came with a neighbor. We went out to dinner last Saturday night. Ended up spending two and a half hours with him. The man multiple times is telling his wife, I want to go to church with them. We never invited them to church. You know how I feel about that. I, we take the gospel to them. The church is open. They know where we're at. 
I'm more interested in the relationship with you and Christ and the body of Christ than I am you being inside of four walls. That'll come where God chooses. Now, so he kept saying that. We weren't, we're just listening. It was sort of funny, really. Well, that was on Saturday night. This was a couple that three weeks ago, we didn't know their names. But all of a sudden, this engagement has taken place. And in less than three weeks, we've spent three specific times together that have probably totaled seven or eight hours. God's orchestrated that. There's been a flow of ministry every time. I didn't produce that. The Lord prompted me to prayer. I began to pray. We pulled in the house one night, and they were out in their yard. My wife and I both looked like bums, right, because, you know, you don't walk around like this all the time. I don't know what we'd been doing, but she's like, what? You want to go down there now? I'm like, babe, she is in the yard right now. We are walking down there right now. And we did, and the rest is history. Well, and there's still history to be written or a story to be written. That was Saturday night. On Monday morning, the 4th of July, we were having coffee with the Santos early that morning. Talking about Guatemala, got up to leave. A man at another table outside there at Starbucks stands up and says, excuse me, sir. Did I hear you talking about Guatemala? I said, yeah. We engaged in conversation. 82-year-old man. He began to tell me about three and a half years he spent in Russia sharing the gospel. And when they left, they went to Guatemala. And he began to describe the region they were. And it wasn't in the, down in the city. It was up in the mountains. And I was talking to them about a place in the mountains with his family where we planted a church over in Bellingham that's mostly Guatemala. Which I'm going to be there in a couple weeks. Pray for me. My wife and I spent probably 20 minutes talking with this man. He had some needs. I said, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, please do. I said, no, like right now. He said, yeah. So we prayed right there in front of Starbucks. That's really not a strange thing, you know. I just reached over, put my hand on his shoulder. His name's Lee. I prayed for Lee. He pulled out his wallet and showed me a picture of his wife. He said, my wife's not here, but I want you to meet her. And so he showed me a picture, Lee and Karen. I've been praying for Lee and Karen since last Monday. When Lee prayed for me, this 82-year-old man, I want you to hear what he said. This is the Lord yelling at me. Lee said, Lord, thank you for this divine encounter. That was Monday. Thursday morning, following my time with the Lord before I went to work, I decided I was going to go to a little par three golf course, right? Real spiritual. I can play in 45 minutes and be done and be back to work on time. I get there. I'm the first one. That's what I planned. I'm going to get out and go. And I'm walking up to the tee, and there's a man over here on the little practice greens hitting golf balls, practicing. And he says, hey. Mind if I walk with you? Humanity. Nothing against the man, but I was on a schedule. And I was really sort of in my own world. It was about me. 
But thank God. I said, ah, sure, come on. Yeah, let's do it. I, let's go. Well, I want you to see this picture. The Lord's trying to help us. He wants to engage with people. But we've got to be willing to be inconvenienced. It's not about our schedule. He has to pick up the three golf balls off the putting green. I watched him bend over to pick them up. I thought, I'm going to have to go help him. It took him a while. He got them. I thought, oh, I'm not walking this course in 45 minutes. Not if he's walking with me. And he began to walk gingerly. His name's Jeff. Of course, I would walk in 45 minutes and be on my way. We walked in about an hour and 45 minutes. I watched Jeff struggle almost every step of the way. We talked. Our conversation turned to the Lord. We got to the eighth hole. There's only nine if you don't play golf. This one only has nine holes. We got to the eighth hole. I said, Jeff, what size shoe you wear? Because his shoes didn't, they seemed to be worn funny on the sides. And I'm watching him struggle to walk anyway. And I'm thinking, your shoes are not helping you. What size shoe you wear, Jeff? He said, ten and a half. I said, oh. He kept going. Well, I got a few steps ahead of him. It wasn't hard to do. Got my phone and called my daughter. Said, hey, there's a pair of golf shoes downstairs. They're ten and a half. I had a new set. I bought those a few years ago, but I'd only worn them a few times. I said, could you get those, dust them off, make sure they're clean, and get in your car and bring them up here. I'm going to be done in a few minutes. I need those shoes when I get done. She did. I'm standing in the parking lot talking to Jeff, and Jeff tells me, I've had Parkinson's for 25 years. And I've known for 15. And I've got a hernia. And I'm going to have surgery on Monday. I'm thinking you're out here golfing. I said, Jeff, can I pray with you? Jeff said, yeah. I slid over and put my the golf course. See, you have church at the golf course. And I prayed with Jeff. Jeff prayed with me. And when Jeff prayed, the Lord started yelling at me again. <laughs> Here's what Jeff said. Lord, thank you. These are his words. Thank you for the sovereign encounter. Give him many more. Now, that was Thursday. I told you about Monday. I'm like, I'm listening, God. I'm listening. I'm telling you, he wants to use us. I didn't produce any of those. This is my point. See, it's not about me. It's not about It's about just a vessel that's willing and available and saying, okay, God, I'll say it. I'll speak it. I'll ask to do it. I'll, I'll engage. I'll involve. It's not you or I that does the work. We're the vessel. We open our mouth and we act in faith and obedience to the word, and he does and our human nature wants to say, well, what happened to Lee and Karen? I don't know yet. I'm still praying for them. We'll see. Or we won't see. That's not my business. That's his. What happened to Jeff? I don't know yet. I'm still praying for him. 
I don't know if I'll see, but that's, I'm doing my part. You, right? We do the part that God gives us. We do the part that God gives us. My wife and I left here Sunday after service, like all of you. I told her before service where we were going to go to eat, right? Because you got to solve those things. You don't, you don't want to deal with that after service. You don't want an argument after church, so you just settle it beforehand. That's where we're going to go eat when church is over. No, not really. And so uh, I, I think we had a gift card that you all gave us for our anniversary, and so we went to uh, a Panera. So we're just going to go down to Panera. So the three of us went there. We're standing in line at the counter, and my wife says, I think that guy you know is behind us. Well, that's quite the statement, that guy I know. So I turn around, and I look. And there is Jamin Moeller. I've been praying for Jamin. Jamin and I have interacted along the way because Jamin is a funeral director. And so we've met here and we've met there. The first time we met was in Uniac. And we've just met along the way. We've talked in passing, right? There's a funeral going on. We're not having some deep conversation. It's moving pretty quick. He's got things to tend to. I have things to tend to. And so my wife and I and daughter step up to order. And he's like, I want to buy their meal. I'm like, man, you know, we got a gift card. Somebody wait. No, no, no. Keep it. Use it again. I want to buy your meal. I, I want to buy your meal. He said, I'm, and this, these were his words. He said, I'm telling you. Me being here and you being here. This is a divine appointment. I want to buy your lunch. I'm not making this up. This all happened since Monday, Thursday. and I'm, This is what I mean when I say God's yelling at me. He said this is a divine appointment. My wife and I went and sat down. It was him and his two daughters. I went back over. I said, Jamin, I'm not trying to obligate you, but if you all are eating in, would you come just sit with us? We'd love to just sit down and talk with you. He said, we are. That'd be great. We spent an hour and a half with Jamin and his two daughters, Mahala and Abigail. And I kid you not, there was a flow of ministry the whole time. Nonstop. He said to me, this was meant to be. He said, my daughters and I have been driving around for an hour trying to decide where we wanted to eat. He said, we're supposed to be going to a birthday party after this. And he said, they said, let's just go to Party City and get balloons and then figure it out. And when they said Party City, I said, we'll just go to Panera and eat. It's right there. And he said, I walked in and you were here. Now, I didn't get up in the morning. And have God say, Joel, this afternoon thou shalt go to Panera, for I have an appointment engaged for you. You understand? But I'm going to tell you, I was walking in the Spirit. Led of the Spirit. He wants to lead us and direct our day. He wants to guide our day. You say, well, what's coming out of all of that? That's not our business. Our business is just do the work. I have a question for you. What came out of Jesus when he was 12 speaking to all the people in the temple? 
Anybody know what came out of that? I don't either. He was doing the will of God. Amen? And this is what he said. I must be about my father's business. And so I submit to us, we must be about our father's business. And it's about engagement where we are, where he opened. There's no force. You don't have to force it. Every single one of those situations, I didn't force a one of them. But we do have to be available. And we do have to be in fellowship with him. And a sensitivity. Would you pray with me before we go any further right now? And could we... I don't want us to just ask God to use us. He's wanting to. I want us to, if we're willing, to commit to the Lord that we'll be available. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to talk to him however you know, right there where you are. Lord Jesus Christ, we will be available to you. Our schedule will be available to you. You're aware we have jobs. You're aware of the commitments that we must keep that we have responsibility to, but you also understand how we in our humanity can be very self-focused with our time and efforts, Lord. You know our frame. By your grace, Lord, we will be available to you. I pray a sensitivity to your spirit, an anointing upon our minds, upon our hearts. Let there be a willful obedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost. Divinely direct our steps, I pray. Divinely direct contact for the purpose and the glory of God. You know the edification that can come. You know the ministry that can take place. You know what you desire to do and will do through your body. I pray a sensitivity and a boldness given of the Holy Ghost. That you would be glorified. That the increase of your government and peace would be accomplished through your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We finished our meal on Sunday and went our ways. My wife said, you're going to tell that story, aren't you? And I'm not going to be there. I said, you probably will. We must understand and believe and know. This is not unique to me. This is the desire of God. But he can't do it if my focus is me. Say not yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Someone needs healing. Say not yet four months and then cometh the harvest. The fields they are white. And they are ready for harvest. So we must pray, Lord of the harvest. Send forth laborers. I'll go. I'll go. What would you say to him if you mean it from your heart? I'll go. Oh, there's a beckoning of the Spirit of God right now. I'll go. Well, sometimes it's glamorous to think about going to a foreign land. There's a harvest right here in these valleys. 
I'll go. By your grace, I'll go. Denying self, we'll go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I, I wanted to echo, um, as Elder Hart has shared, um, I think we've done this before, or talked about sharing and delivering a word. And um, I mean, I don't think I've delivered a word that I've mastered. <laughs> There's been some that I've definitely had some experience in. I've lived it. I have testimony. I can talk to you after the service as well. But there's others, like tonight, that I could probably just send all of you out of here, just put a mirror, and talk to myself. Um, and, and studying, I truly feel that. And I will speak mostly to you, but just know I'm speaking to myself here tonight. And um, just be ready to hear. Hear and, and know the Lord is ready, and I, I can't echo that enough. But I'm going to have you turn with me, and we'll bookmark it for a little while. But uh, to Luke, chapter nine. God talked to me about making excuses, and I mean, I'll say the phrase. I guess uh, I'm pretty good at it. I mean, I'm sure maybe some of you could say the same. I'm pretty good at making excuses. Um, I have to be careful because my kids are here, and I don't want them to learn my secrets. So, But it's, it's our humanity. And in a quick study in the Word, it's really evident that excuses took place right in Genesis, right in the beginning, starting with Adam and Eve. Um, it's, it's a part of what we do, and I'm afraid... I guess that term, making an excuse, has a negative connotation to it. It has negative feelings to it because generally when I do an excuse, there's a little uh, half-truth behind it. It's not full. Sometimes it's legit, right? I mean, if I'm supposed to go to work and I woke up and I'm sick and I can't come to work, that's not an excuse. That's a real honest reason why. However, when I'm flirting with the half-truth, um, and if, again, I'm looking at this mirror, sometimes I, I have my own will. I have my wants of what I want to do, and I'm just buying time. So I'm like, man, I don't want to do this thing. I really don't. Just give me a little bit longer, and something will come into my day or my life, and I'll be able to say, oh, no, 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 I'll just point to that. That's why I can't do it. Um, again, I'll go back to my work. There's been times, I know it's going to shock you, but I didn't want to go to work. And I was just waiting for myself to tie my shoes and cough a little and say, oh, I think I'm going to die. I better call in. I'm not going to make it. And, uh, but I justified it, right? I said, oh, I, I mean, I coughed, right? Um, knowing full well when I, first, when I first had that thought come to my mind, that wasn't true. But the danger is, is I've, I've done that sometimes enough where I start believing it. And I start thinking that that excuse or that cough that I had, uh, that other reason that I stated, even though it wasn't true, I start to believe it. And I start to think and I justify why I'm not able to do that thing, why, why I don't make that commitment, why I don't follow after that 
previous thing I said I was going to do. Well, it's because of that. Then I can leave, and it's, it doesn't even affect me. And that's dangerous. Um, now, before I, I beat myself up with it, the Lord gave me um, a little bit of a, you know, ease up, relax. Don't hurt yourself over that because you're not alone. And uh, there's plenty, plenty of examples in our word. Um, we'll talk about that here soon, but just wanted to go over some of them with you. Um, I'm going to read some little statements, and you can kind of picture yourself. See this excuse behind it. Uh, the snake made me do it. Um, this one is, is an interesting one, too. The woman you gave me made me do, to it, made me do it. Okay, excuse, right? There's, a, there's an action, but there was a, I didn't do it. it was, that was their fault. Um, I'm the least in my father's house. Okay, sometimes we do that. We, we look at things and say, ah, I haven't accomplished this. Um, you know, we look at some people in the, in the scripture. I'm too old. I can't possibly. I'm too young. I couldn't possibly. Um, w- one of them is pretty, uh, working with kids, having kids, it seems really foolish. But, man, we've all been there where we've stated something, and it's like, it's so foolish now. We can look back and be like, are you kidding me? I tried that. And at the time, I felt I got away with it, right? But you say something, and, and your parents will look at you and just say, is that so, right? That phrase, hmm, well. And I'm like, it's true. It happened. Um, you know, Aaron, Aaron had to tell Moses, I don't know, that, that gold, I put it into the furnace, and out just came this golden calf. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's like a microwave or something. I don't know. Um, but it comes out, and, and again, it seems foolish afterwards. But when the Lord convicts our heart, man, we have to come to grips with that. Um, in, in looking in the scripture, I found just as gracious as the Lord is in so many things in this avenue, he does the same because he sees through that. And the Lord doesn't say, uh, typically, is that so? Usually it's a reminder. Uh, you know, when Moses said, you know, I'm, I'm not eloquent of speech. I, I can't say those things. The Lord reminded him who gave him that ability to speak, who gave him the words to say, who will do those things. The Lord didn't force him to. He just reminded him and said, have not I? And go, go back in the scripture, look at these examples. And God isn't there to uh, condemn them. It's a conviction. It's a way to say, are you sure? That's what you're going to roll with. Okay, that's it. And, and then he lets us go. And too many times I, I've done that, and I can be guilty where, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll, my two boys are here, so or if my, my kiddos, maybe uh, they'll forgive me for this one. But, um, you know, sometimes when we eat, whew, I need a little time after, right? I say, oh, I'm just digesting. <laughs> sometimes it's true, right? You know, there's some good meals out there, but. Sometimes I'm just tired a little bit, and I just want a little bit of time. And um, I can go with that excuse. Well, in, in honesty, I just need a little breather. And if I go out front and I say, you know what, boys, just give me like 10 minutes. I just wanted to relax just a little bit. I'm, I'm probably not too full. I could probably go outside. But give me that time. It's okay. I don't think they're going to be like, make it five and we got a deal. <laughs> you know, they're, they're willing and they're understanding. And, um, but again, there's a danger. There's a danger when we start giving that second, that half truth 
Because when the Lord calls us, man, I mean, Elder just talked about instances of that. He could have walked into Panera and been like, oh, look at that line. Nope. Let's go, let's go across the street. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. You know, I, I think with his, uh, when his wife mentioned, you know, what, we're just out here, we're in our yard. They ju- they're just out in the yard. I don't know about this. Um, Elder could be like, you know what, let's, let's write. Yeah. It's not the right time. Maybe we could wait till later. And those little things, we can justify it, justify so much. And we miss those divine appointments. We miss the opportunities where God says, do it now. And if I miss it, you know, I, I know my God is gracious. He always gives that opportunity, hopefully, to say, all right, well, next time, next time. And I'm going to remind you a little bit harder. I might linger, right, or I might shout it a little bit louder. Um, my favorite is when I miss a miss an opportunity, and then down the road it comes again, and it's like the big old green light, arrow pointing, and then, and then when that individual says something that the Lord said to me too, it's like, I'm going to need a moment. I need to go pray because, whoa, I got some conviction going on. Um, all right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me again to Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at my home, or at at my home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Um, All three of them, right? We could probably see ourselves in those situations. All three where, you know, you're so eager. Uh, I, I can relate to that first individual, and we don't get their names. We just get another person, another individual, but I've been there, right? I go back to the, I call it my, my foundation days, my Wapato days, and it was like, we're having prayer at 2.30 in the morning. I'm there. Um, I'll, I'll be there. I don't care what it is. I'm going. I'm going, and sometimes you got to rein it in, right? Sometimes there's a, a spot where you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I love the eagerness, but before you do this, before you do this commitment, you got to make sure you know what you're signing up for. Um, you know, the Lord wants all of us, not just the, oh, that wasn't really cool, but ah, that one I'm going to tap out for. He wants us all. So if we're going to make that commitment, he wants to make sure that we know what we're signing up for. The second individual and the third individual also do that other, that, that excuse. The, before I do this thing or before I do that, I got to do this. But, but, and... Again, I can convince myself in saying, I was going to do it. I was going to follow you, or I was going to go do this thing. You know, kids, I was going to go play with you, but I just had to go sit down. Or The Lord knows that, and he understands that there's a humanity that he's battling. And I still have to tell myself, I, if I'm saying I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Those excuses I have, I can leave, and I can feel like, I don't know, the Lord was waiting for me. I, I told him I was going to do this thing. I just I had to go and do this other commitment first. And 
again, at times I might still go, I might make it, and I might, I might think I, I fulfilled what the will of the Lord was. I still did the thing I told them I would do. I don't know. Um, I'm sure I missed Mark at times because I've done something I wanted before that. I, I know that I've missed opportunities because I said, but first let me do this thing. But first let me. And, I, you know, we sometimes use that word or we use the phrase like I can't. And uh, I think it has a couple meanings. Um, I can't, uh, you know, I can't hit a home run at a baseball field. Okay, unless it's a little league probably could do that one, but I can't do that one. There's some limitations. Something I physically cannot do, or I'm not able to do. And then there's the other can't, which is the, I don't want to. I, I don't want to do it. I'm not, not that I'm not able. I'm just like, ah, I can't do that today. Oh, you could. You really could. You just don't want to. And that's, that's different. That's totally different. And I think sometimes we get a mix, right? Again, it's a blurry line. And when you're starting to flirt with the half-truths, excuses and the can't and I can't those things overtake um, and we might fool our coworkers, probably not we might fool our parents most definitely not maybe when you get older it's a little sneaky um, but as a kid man again working with five and six year olds they're oh I could have stories for days but it, it's it's foolish when you look back but the Lord is gracious in that and usually it's a gentle reminder and saying, you're not fooling anybody. Um, turn with me uh, one more place in scripture to Luke chapter 14. Um, and we will be in verse 16. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper, and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that that servant came and showed his Lord these things. The master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Can I make a difference right here? Um, and the Lord spoke to me on this on here is, you know, typically... When I see individuals who might be described as poor and maimed, halt in the blind, they're, they're at a position and a spot in life that they have very minimal. It's not an, an abundance, right? Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about things that we've seen on the Internet or little stories or our own prejudices. But, you know, when I see someone in the poor, they're not hopping in typically to their car afterwards and driving to their big homes. They, they need something. They're willing and when they're called and there's an invitation, they're like, okay, I'll go there. We, and again, looking at this mirror here, when I first came to the Lord, I had needs and wants, right? I guess probably weren't many needs, a lot of wants. Eventually needs came along the way, and the Lord eventually started going, here you go, here you go, and here you go. And now when he calls me, 
I'm like, no, but those things that you blessed me with, I got to tend to them, Lord. I mean, you gave me the house. You gave me the job. You gave me my family, and, and but I'm sorry I can't serve you. I have to go take care of those things that you blessed me with. The Lord's like, okay, that's how you want it because that's what it's going to be. This is what happened, right? These individuals had things. They had situations, and um, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, right? But it becomes, what is that excuse? Um, continuing on, uh, 22 said, uh, And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Um, I wonder I wonder in my own life if I, before I made the, the commitments, before I said, yes, I'll do the thing um, for the Lord, if I was honest before him. And I said, you know, if I'm supposed to teach a Bible study, and, you know, I felt the Lord really pricking my heart, but if the words came out of my mouth and said, you know, I really just like to spend time in my garden instead, instead of doing that, if just saying that, you know, obviously it might reveal something, my truths in my heart, or if it would just sound so silly and foolish that I'm like, what is he talking about? Let's go and be there. You know what? My, my beautiful garden will still be there afterwards. It's just a few hours. Um, I, I, I don't know all the things that I miss. I don't know all the things that sometimes I'm, I'm neglecting because I've decided to say, I can't. I've come up with an excuse. I, I, I know, again, I'm, I'm speaking to a room where I pray that you're hearing with your spirit and understanding that the Lord is probably revealing things to you. But again, I could send all of you out here and just look in the mirror and think to myself, what am I, what am I not doing in my life that is something I should do? Or what are the areas where I'm neglecting that I have made excuses and said, Lord, I, I, it's not that I don't care about you, but I got this other thing. Um, again, there's a difference. We can walk out of here and feel condemnation, which is not of God. A conviction is where that Lord is saying, this area, this thing, this moment right here is what I'm highlighting to you. Because I can leave out here and, and know there's times where I may not have made it to service. I may not have done this thing. And um, I felt condemnation, right? The enemy, the accuser saying, ooh, so spiritual are you, huh? Letting that thing get in your way? You know what? Not to talk to you at all, but the Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows this integrity of that. It's not making an excuse. But there's also times where I've left and I haven't done something the Lord had called me to do. And then I start listening to the accuser, right? I start listening to that other voice. I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a good sale at Old Navy. I really got to go get it right now. It's going to be over, like, before church gets out. So, I, you know, I say these things lighthearted, but we think about our time and our hour that we're in. We think of the people that need us, the, the people that deserve the gospel. And I don't want to get in the way of that. I don't want to get in the way of me saying, you know what, I don't want to go to the store. It's too late. Uh, it's too far out of my way. This little inconvenience for me, which is really just my flesh, this inconvenience is preventing me from seeking after what you wanted me to do. Um, you know, I, I 
I'm, I'm going to share our little Tuesday travel. <laughs> we, we were able to uh, go on a little trip to Tri-Cities. We had um, possible a children's revival. And when we had made it there, we were kind of sitting out in the, uh, this is over in Kennewick. When we made it there, we get to the parking lot, you know, Google Maps and been an online stalker and make sure you know where we're going, right? And we, we pull up and we're looking at people. And I was like, I think, I don't know how many cars I thought. I think it was like three in a row. It's like, oh, brother so-and-so. Nope. Okay. Oh, I think that's, and like three in a row, I thought, oh, I know somebody. Didn't know them. It turned out to be totally uh, maybe doppelganger cars. But I, I think it was, it was funny because I was looking for the flowers van. And if you guys know their van, they have like a little home Washington sticker on the back. Um, I know that because it's a really cool sticker, I guess. But I was looking for it. And I'm like, maybe they just took it off. Maybe? No, okay. No. <laughs> and, and so we park, and, and my son is like, I don't see very many kids. It's okay. They're probably all inside or something, right? And sure enough, we walk in, and it was like, okay, there's we brought probably the most kids as a family. <laughs> uh, we saw a couple here and there, and um, some individuals, I think, you know, everybody's really gracious, and we walk in, and I think some of them were like, ooh, new souls, let's go talk to them, let's get them connected, right? And uh, some others were like, are you here for that thing that it got canceled? And, and you know, they felt generally bad, and, and, you know, I think we could feel the same, right? And uh, someone didn't get the memo, and you just feel bad. And uh, carnality, slight, slight moment in my thought was, well, we could slip out, and, you know, we came for the thing, and the thing's not happening, so I don't think anybody would get on our case for leaving, right? There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, Lord gave me a little pat and said, that's not how this is going to work. Um, I'm the same God here in Kennewick, and I am in Sela, and in Yakima, and anywhere, right? This is the same God, and so I worship, and our family worship, and we met individuals um, that I'm sure we, we've seen before. I think, I think it was James, possibly. James, he's from youth way back, but there's an individual there who wanted me to say hi, so just remember that. Um, we met individuals, and it was great. You know, we got to worship. We got to pray. Could it, again, easily could have been out there. Now, just as it's been shared, I don't know what that will happen. I don't know if we'll come across them again and, and friendships would be made or if it was just a one-time thing. But I have to know that I could, I could easily escape those things. I can easily escape opportunities of ministry. Um, I could have been closed off and f- from receiving a word, and I've got to get beyond that. I've got to get beyond the flesh that's just looking for the easiest thing. Um, I'll leave you with this, with with your challenge, um, and again, as I'm speaking in that mirror, the challenge is leaving from out here, leaving from the service right now, going in to your work or your day off or what, what not coming up into the weekend, truly thinking about what, what is it that God prompted. Um, I, I, might, I might say that it's fortunate. You may not think so, but be very fortunate if it's multiple some things. If there's multiple things that the Lord's saying, yeah, this is it, then we go. And again, I would, I would challenge you to go back and look in the scripture. Because when you find these people who made excuses, when you find those things, the Lord is there. The Lord doesn't say, okay, and let's just go with our little fake reality. The Lord says, no, I, I've told you. I've told you this thing. I've given you the understanding. I've given you the scripture. I've given you 
the, uh, the promise that I will do this thing, that I will be there, and then it's up to us, right? Let me do that information because I could still continue on with it. If, uh, if, if I'm in a spot where I'm so persistent in the Lord, you know, we've, we've heard it before, he's not going to just pull us and yank us and make us do the thing. Um, I, I kind of just picture it as that parent who is like watching their very determined child say, okay, let's go. I'm not doing it to watch him get hurt. I'm not doing it to watch him struggle. Um, sometimes maybe I am. Sometimes I'm watching them so they might fall a little bit in a safety net knowing I'm risking you falling. I'm risking you getting hurt. I'm risking you having it go sour because I know when you fail, there's a better chance for you to come back to me than it is if I comfort you and I give you a little pat when you think you're doing right. Um, I would challenge us today. So let's, let's pray together. Let the Lord speak to us on this here tonight. Father, I thank you here today for your word. I thank you for your word, Jesus. You have given us truth here into your word. You have not called us to half-truths. You haven't called us, Lord, to giving in to our own will. I pray, Father, help us to get rid of our excuses in our lives from seeking after you. I pray, Lord, give us an understanding in our mind, whether it's to pray, whether it's to read into the word, whether it's to fellowship, to engage in the body, Lord, to apply the scripture into our lives. I pray, Father, help us to not make excuses. Let us not delay what you've called us to be. I pray, Father, that you will give us the strength, the will, Lord, Lord, that we are continuing to seek after. I pray, Lord, let it be yours. I trust in you here today, Lord, knowing that you are calling us, not beating us, not condemning us, Lord, but convicting us in our heart. Jesus, I pray each of us will hear and receive of your word. Let us have an understanding, Lord, that you've just wanted the best for us in that situation. I thank you here today, Father. I thank you here today, Father. stand together tonight. Amen. I don't know why I thought of the scripture, the story from history in a, in a different way as we think about excuses um, in our lives that we make sometimes. I thought about Luke. I think it's uh, Luke, or maybe Mark 4 and 19, Luke 8 and 15, where we read about the sower, and we read about the cares of life, thorns that choke out the word. The seed gets in, it springs up, but then it's choked out by the cares of life. Um, the One of the two writers, I can't remember if it's Luke or Mark, called it the pleasures of this world. There it is in Mark. Uh, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things entering in, the desire for other things entering in. Those things become excuses, right? Cares, cares, 
and they begin to choke out the word. We receive the word, we're responding to the word, but then these cares of life begin to choke the word. And he said in Luke 8 and 15, he used the term the pleasures, the pursuit of pleasures of this life. And so he said, man, it sounds like the Lord doesn't want me to enjoy living. Oh, but he does. Oh, but he does. And I'm telling you, the stories I was telling you at the beginning briefly, and I live like that all day long. Just take me to the next one. Take me to the next one. Take me to the next one. That's living. That's living. The cares of life. Then I thought of Naaman for whatever reason in the Old Testament. He needed something from God. And he obeyed. He went. And then the servant of the prophet came out. The prophet didn't even come out. And the servant came out and said, Go dip in the Jordan seven times, and you'll be made clean from your leprosy. And Naaman went away angry, and he said, There's plenty of rivers in Jordan or in Syria that are clean. Why would I go to that dirty Jordan? I'm paraphrasing, but it's in there. And his, it's where Brother Joey started the way of thinking. His thought almost kept him. Thank goodness there was somebody else that said, hey, hold on a minute, sir. One of his servants. Said if he'd asked you to do some great thing, you'd have done it. Come on, just do what he's asking you to do. Just do what he's asking you to do. I sort of feel the voice of the Lord saying that. Just do what I'm asking you to do. You don't have to understand it. He's not going to ask you to do something out of alignment with his word. Do you understand? But that's oftentimes one of our biggest excuses. Well, I don't understand. If you'll help me understand, then oh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Understanding is not a requirement for him to direct your path. Matter of fact, it hinders him directing your path at times. Trust. He wants to use you. Thank you, Brother Joey. From the Lord. Amen. Just do what he's asking you to do. And if the word of the Lord spoke to you tonight and you're like, man, I know where I've been putting something off. I've been putting something off. I've, I got this. Right. It's like saying I'm going to go start lifting weights once I get in shape. Right. I'm going to go to the gym once I get in shape. That's how we do God. I'm going to do this once my life is all together in living for God. Then I'm going to do what he's asking me. It's just like saying I'm going to go to the gym once I get in shape. No. Do what he's asking you to do. And it will continue to develop in your life. And you develop a sensitivity to his spirit by obeying. You say, well, what if I'm wrong? And guess what? You're wrong. Get back up. And go again. But act in faith. Amen. Greet someone. God bless you tonight.
dismissed in Jesus' name.